I don't know if you've ever noticed I've, on my hand here, I've got my, I've, I've worn a wristband here for a number of years. It says on one side, Romans 10, 15. On the other side, it says taking it to their turf. And this is my life slogan, taking it to their turf. Romans 10, 14 and 15 reads this way. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? Talking about salvation. How can you call on Jesus if you don't if, if you don't believe in him? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? We can't believe something you don't know. How will they hear without a preacher? Someone's got to tell them. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. And Romans 10, 15, the idea of bringing good news of good things to people, and it says the feet, the feet are beautiful, um, and how does that relate to the turf? Well, this morning I thought I would read to you and <clears throat> share with you this idea of taking it to their turf, where that slogan came from. Again, this is the title of my book. If you haven't gotten a copy, please write us. We'll send you one. Uh, we usually ask a $10 donation, but we'd be glad to, if you're in, on this uh, live stream, we'd be glad to just share it with you. But you go to my website, TomThePreacher.com, you can write us there and, and, uh, and request one. But I thought I'd read to you from the first chapter here and where this term came from, not, or taking them to their turf. Are you ready? Here we go. By the way, this was at the University of Maryland, and this is back in 1980. The college campus is to be a marketplace of ideas where free inquiry into diverse points of view takes place. But let's not fool ourselves. The modern secular university has become antagonistic to biblical truth. I gave myself fully to campus preaching in the fall of 1980 at the University of Maryland. Consequently, the campus was buzzing with talk of God, the Bible, and Jesus. God was moving. We prayed each morning and preached each afternoon in front of the Hornbake Library. Students gathered for hours to hear me present Christ and defend the Bible from its critics. People were getting saved and baptized. Our small church plant and daily Bible study had a steady stream of new people joining us. We regularly appeared in the school newspaper. Christianity Today wrote an article about us called Revival at the University of Maryland. One afternoon, an English professor stormed into the middle of the audience. Beside himself with anger, he screamed, not on my turf. Not understanding what he meant, I said, I beg your pardon? He repeated himself more forcefully, not on my turf. Then he added, you can say whatever you want in your church, but this is my turf. You don't bring that here. I never saw that professor again, but I've never forgotten him. Rather than deter me, he unwittingly gave me a slogan for my life and ministry, taking it to their turf. Since that day, I've taken God's word to over 100 campuses in the U.S., Europe, and Asia, and have interacted with hundreds of thousands of students about every topic imaginable. I've seen skeptics, agnostics, atheists, and secularists who really do think the university is their turf. The spirit of my ministry is to arm myself with the Word of God and invade enemy territory in the power of the Holy Spirit. Others are content to speak the Christian message only within church walls. I want to take it onto the devil's turf.
Perhaps that sounds too strong to call the universities of America the devil's turf. But before you dismiss this as the ranting of a fanatic, hear me out. If campuses really are the devil's turf, Christian students venture into enemy territory each day and need to be prepared for spiritual battle. Surveys show that large numbers of young people who enter college claiming to be Christians lose their faith by the time they graduate. It's easy to see why. A community of single, young people living in co-ed dorms with no parental supervision provides strong temptation to abandon Christian morality. Then a professor stokes those temptations when he mocks, the, mocks what they've been taught at home or church. He urges them to decide for themselves how they're going to live. Another professor assures them, evolution explains everything. Science has all the answers. Religion was created by those in power to control the weak. And together, these arguments with, with the peer pressure from living in the dorm, and it's a wonder anyone remains Christian in college. It's disheartening that while our universities have made incredible advances in research and technology, they've also spiraled down into a morally degenerate political correctness that is hostile to our Christianity and historical American values. Looking at today's universities, you would never guess that a church or Christian organization started 123 of the first 126 colleges in America. As late as, but did you catch that? You would never guess that a church or Christian organization started 123 of the first 126 colleges in America. As late as 1900, it was rare to find a university president who was not also a clergyman. There was a time when you could not even graduate from most American universities without being able to thoroughly discuss the Bible. A college student today, having been taught a radical view of the separation of church and state, might be shocked to discover what the founders of our major universities once believed. Harvard, one of the, one of the first universities founded in America, may, may have been the first, required every student, quote, to, plain, to be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies, which is to know God and Jesus, which is eternal life, and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all knowledge and learning. Declaring Christ as the foundation of all knowledge and learning may seem ridiculous in our day, but it was Harvard's mission back when it was God's turf. Yale required every scholar besides private and secret prayer shall be present morning and evening at public prayer. What does Princeton's founding statement say about the modern university? It proclaimed, quote, cursed be all learning that is contrary to the cross of Christ, end quote. Dartmouth was founded to train missionaries to reach lost Native Americans. Several years ago, Dartmouth's president issued an apology for the arrogance, the school, quote, the arrogance the school's founders had in thinking that they were to convert Native Americans. Columbia University states its purpose in an engraving on its old administration building, quote, for the advancement of the public good and the glory of Almighty God, end quote. Duke 
articulates at the entrance of its campus what a college education once entailed. Quote, the aims of Duke University are to assert a faith in the eternal union of knowledge and religion set forth in the teachings and character of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to advance learning in all lines of truth, to defend scholarship against all false notions and ideals, to develop a Christian love of freedom and truth, to promote a sincere spirit of tolerance, to discourage all partisan and sectarian strife, and to render the largest permanent service to the individual, the state, and the nation, and the church. Under these ends shall the affairs of this university always be administered. Wow. What about public universities? The Northwest Ordinance was signed into law two years before the Constitution was ratified. It required, it stated requirements for a territory to become a state. A line from the Northwest Ordinance adorns the entrance to Ohio University and reads, quote, religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and, hap and the happiness of mankind, schools, and the means of education shall forever be encouraged, end quote. Universities once challenged students to use their minds to seek God and love him intently. Today's universities challenge students to channel their intellectual energy in the exact opposite direction. Perhaps it's time for us Christians to be involved at the university in order to regain this turf for God. Well, that's chapter one of that book, and it does explain a little bit of my mission, and it reminds all of us of our need, to, the, the, the battle we're in. We call it a cultural war. It's really a spiritual war. It's a war for the, you know, Joe Biden talks about we're in a war for the soul of America. Well, he's right about that. We have been for quite some time. And the question is not, uh, you, you know, what is the battle? The battle is, does all truth come from God? Do we belong to God? Is there a God? Are we to build this secular utopia, a Tower of Babel here in America? Or are we to be a nation under God? that honors God, and trusts in God, that fears God, that's a good nation as defined by the God of the Holy Scriptures. So, boy, I read that, I get fired up, and uh, I hope you've got a copy of my book and you read it. I think it'll fire you up as well. Makes me want to, you know, schools are now, most schools have closed now for the year. They, most of them didn't have in-class. I mean, most of them were online anyway, but it makes me really say, Lord, I pray for a quick summer. I pray the fall will be open, and I hope for that day when students will be back there and I can be back involved in the fray, taking it to their, tur taking it to their turf, where I'm out there day after day, uh, proclaiming the word, answering the questions, uh, defending the faith, debating with those who, you know, uh, giving the truth, the basis for our faith. So let's pray for our... Um, country real quick, and um, for our universities in particular. Father in heaven, we acknowledge today all truth comes from you. You said the truth will set us free. And we think, Lord, of how America has had the greatest educational institutions in the history of the world. And indeed, most of them were established to honor you and to teach your word and to train young people and to train their thinking in their mind and their souls 
to honor God, to love God, to think God's thoughts, to glorify Jesus Christ. We grieve, Father, and how so many of them, nearly all of them, have turned against you, have mocked you, have rejected the very basis, do you even exist? Did you create us? Have mocked the concept of prayer. They study psychology without any sense of, of believing that we have a true soul, a spirit that communicates with God. They, they mock it with, they, they study psychology and sociology with under, understanding that people are sinners and need redemption. They study the world you made, but they, they don't see, they miss the forest. They miss the forest because they look at the trees. They, make it, they miss the big picture of who's the creator of all this, this incredible universe. Oh, Father, how we pray for our schools, our universities, our young people. How we pray for our young people to be given a true God-centered, beautiful education that inspires and lifts up so many people. Lord, so many of our young people, they have no purpose now. They have no meaning. They're, they're just getting... Lord, they're in sexual suicide when the, when the, in the act, actions they do sexually. They're just, they're just dis, despicable, dis, um, deplorable. They, they're anarchy, Lord. They're destroying their lives, their minds. They're into drugs, alcohol, these things, Lord, that just show a purposeless life, a life without meaning. And indeed, many of them, it's physical suicide. We pray, Father, for our youth for a mighty revival amongst our youth. We pray for a mighty revival on our nation's campuses. We pray for a mighty revival in our nation's high schools. Lord, some of us are getting older, and we did our best when we were younger to serve you and to follow you. We ask, oh God, raise up a new generation. Raise up a new generation. Don't let this generation uh, only hear our stories. Give them their own stories. Give them their own victories. Give them their own triumphs. Let them know your love in a, in a way, in a special way. Let, let it become their faith, not just the faith of their fathers and forefathers, but their faith. Raise up young men and women who will stand for the truth and fight for the truth and, and declare the truth and be articulate in defending the truth. Lord, I pray that there be people in the spiritual battle who are bold and courageous, young people. And I pray, Lord, fill them with the love of God, love for their fellow man, with a faith that will do exploits for you. Lord, I pray that some of us older ones, Lord, we're not done yet. I do ask for that day the campus would open up. I pray, Lord, next fall uh, I'd be back on the campus and there'd be opportunity, Lord, to just um, see greatest, the greatest fruit I've ever seen. And I pray, Father, that there'd be revival in our nation's campuses. Raise up preachers to do it. Lord, I ask you to use me in this mission as well. And so we pray for these things. We bless you today. We give you our country. We pray for revival in our land. Lord, Lord, so much, so much of the uh, wrongness that's in our country now, it got started on the college campus. Might, might there be a revival get started on our campuses as well? Might you turn the tide, start it on the campuses, Lord. Start it with the young people. Give them a revival. Give them a love for you and a love for what's good and give them the courage to stand. Lord, I think of the, how pornography is devastating so many of them. I think of this, Lord, I pray, give them courage and grace to stand mighty and strong against all the temptation they face. We pray for these things. 
We pray for each of us today. Fill us with your spirit, with the joy of the Lord. This is our strength. Might we exhibit your love and grace, the beauty of Christ to all we encounter today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that. I wish you a great day. God bless you. God strengthen you. Tell your friends. Again, hit the like button, comment button, share this with your friends, invite some others to join us each day. We'll be back tomorrow. On Monday, we'll be back into the commands of Christ. Tomorrow, we focus praying for the church and uh, the churches in America be mighty. So we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. Again, if you'd like a copy of this book, check out my website, tomthepreacher.com is the place to get it. You can get it on Amazon, but they just send the order to us. And so you can reach us directly if you're interested, okay? God bless you. Love you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.